0: Would you like to strengthen your marriage, encourage your children, and grow your family relationships? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he ignites the
1: flame in your heart for your family.
0: We're just excited that you're back with us, and we were talking last week about husband and wife relationships, and we're going to get into parent-child relationships. And uh, David Shirley is good to be back with you guys again, Tex. I'm glad to see you again this morning. Good, Good to
2: see you. <laughs>
0: and, uh, we, uh, we are, we are kind of empty nesters when we talk about this parent child relationship. And I, I just want to give a, uh, what a, a disclaimer at the very beginning. <laughs> we really enjoy empty nesting. <laughs> we love our kids. We love our grandkids and we've had a great time. But I, I remember when, uh, when, uh, I guess Renee went away to college and, and so, you know, the house was empty, and it was just us, and, and we just got to go out, and we went out and ate and said, we don't have to be in. We can stay out as long as we want and do what we want. Until and our
3: daughter calls at 10 o'clock and says, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> You're out
0: late. <laughs> so, But anyway, uh, you know, uh, parent-child relationship. I, I don't know of anything that has increased my prayer life. More than parent-child relationship, you know, because, and we're all at different stages. I'm sure there are people who are watching this who have no children, some who have small children, some who have teenagers, some who are just like us. And, uh, so, um, let, let's talk about that just a little bit. And, and, Pastor, tell me, uh, what, what are some of the, what, what one thing has helped you most in
2: your relationship with your, your kids? Well, no, we, you know, could, I can, I can give a perspective, but then we have our wives here, and so they're able to, to give that other, that other part to it that <clears throat> will be the balance. I'm, I'm sure we can think that we're doing some things right, and then, but they, they, they'll hear it from the men on the street, exactly how effective maybe we, we are. Um, our, our youngest is a senior in high school who is a son. He has two older sisters, and both of them Katie is in college away in Nashville, Tennessee, and then Abby has graduated. But we, we still have one at home, a son still at home. Um, and, and, you know, to ask what are the most challenging parts, I think it depends on whether you're talking about daughters, a dad with daughters or a dad with, with sons, and, and then a mom with daughters and a mom with sons. I, I found that I was, a, I was a whole lot softer on our girls than I have been on on Evan, our son. I mean, I'm I can be right just right in Evan's face, wanting him to. But then I can feel like Shirley's too tough on the girls, you know. And then <laughs> we need to she needs to be a little be a little softer uh, with with them. I, Sammy, I think the I think the deal with us or with me, having been raised in a in a pretty strict. Christian home where I didn't have a lot of choices. Those decisions were already made for me, you know, as mm-hmm. coming up. Um, and then realizing that there's some good to that, but there can also be some real wrong to that where, where everything in the raising of a child is a hill to die on, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that you do everything is a major issue. And I, you know, I'm just, I'm just convinced you can't make everything a hill to die on. Now yeah. that may be an American Colloquialism, a hill to die on, meaning it's just a, it's just a big issue. Everything is a big deal. Um, and, and there are some things that need to be big deals, but there are other things that you just, you just got to extend mercy. Oh, and which, which battle to fight? Yeah. Which, That's and, right. uh,
0: and what's there? You know, I think that probably, uh, our, our, some of our greatest conflict in our marriage, was how to discipline the children mm-hmm. and i don't know if if other parents are that way but i think and then the one thing that we i think we learn more than anything else is we have to talk mm-hmm. we have to talk to each other the one thing that needs to be come out of it is that it, it at least from what i found is that we needed to talk we need to pray we needed to find god's you know what what god was saying to the two of us because text was and it's kind of an interesting thing right now text was. Much softer and easier with our kids as far as discipline. When I was the, the very strong disciplinarian and she was, uh, you know, the mercy, uh, side of everything. And, and, uh, now that we're grandparents. She's the disciplinarian, and I'm the mercy. I
3: learned from my mistakes, uh,
0: and uh, so it, it's kind of flipped in, in in grandparenting, which is which is sort of an interesting deal. But I think that was probably wouldn't you say that what mm-hmm. the thing that we had to work through the most in in uh, in our marriage was how to discipline the kids.
3: It was, not I think uh, we saw each other mellow in both areas. I became even realized that there was that need for discipline. And yet he realized there was that need for mercy. And so it was, it's been neat for us to see over the years how the Lord's worked in our lives with our kids. Mm-hmm. And, and we have three grandchildren now from our son Dave and his wife Kelly and from age five to three months. And it's interesting to see their aspect of discipline now, how they 've used something like we instead of using a belt, because when I would use a belt, it would always come back and hit me, so I would use a wooden spoon, <laughs> and it didn 't ever hit and so it was it 's interesting to see that now Dave and Kelly use a wooden spoon which you you have to exercise more control as a parent too with a wooden spoon in discipline as far as but you know. it's finishing to see some different things pass down. Yeah.
0: What What about Shirley from your perspective on that?
3: Well, I think it's so great that last week we talked about
1: the husband-wife relationship because that is the first uh, moving part yeah. in mm-hmm. a family. And when that's, when, you, when you're able to see that both of you bring something to the table that's a different perspective, you're not going to see the same on every issue. And just as I'm harder on the daughters and he's harder on the son, yeah. that that complements the relationship that you can have with your child uh, from the being tempered by the perspective that the the your spouse brings to it, you know I want to I want
0: ask you, both of y'all about this because I, I find this a little bit interesting that that uh, you, you were tougher on on the girls Tex was not tougher but she had more of a conflicting relationship with Renee would you say growing right. up now to today mm-hmm. she and Renee are very close and you know they go out to eat and do things together and just have a great time together as two adults but uh growing up there was there was that tension between the the mother and the daughter. what causes that tension and and how do and you the deal with it son
3: and the uh, father yeah. I think I was closer today As he was growing up, you were closer to Renee in some aspects.
0: Yeah, so it was kind of an an interesting thing. So, but but what what causes that? And um, I imagine there's a lot of mother daughters who are kind of experience the same tension.
1: I believe every healthy mother-daughter relationship has to come to the point where the daughter can't stand the mother. And if you know that going I've in, that you're, that. You're, if you're, if you know going in, because as parents, our job is to pass the baton, that, that the whole process of us parenting is that we are, we are raising up individuals who need to be on their own and think on their own. And and part of that for a mother-daughter even comes down the definition of style. You know, my, my mm. girls the other day we it was time for school to start and I was bemoaning the fact we couldn't go shopping for school clothes. Not that I ever loved doing that, because they their style is so different than my style. Their choices are so different than mine. And and you know you want to think as a parent that they're gonna like what you like. But most likely that's not going to happen, nor is it the healthy thing because they are not, my daughters are not me. They're a different reflection of the combination of David and I and then God's heart and plan for them. And so being able to release at that point and say, you are an individual and you have a right to, in the the matters of, that aren't uh, battles to fight, you know, mm-hmm. but, but are Turn matters out. of style to be able to back up and say her decision not to like What I like is not
0: a, uh, a slap in my face. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, text, one of the things that I pick up on that is, and I think that we ought to, uh, talk about a little bit too, is you talk about stages or the, the ultimate thing in Mm -hmm. parenting is bringing our children to where they are released and they are free to go on their own. And, and when we talk about discipline, I think that's one thing that's, not talked about very often. I mean, the way you discipline a child in the beginning and the way you discipline a child at as college, it's always changing. I mean, it starts at one point and it ends up at another point. And I think that that can be tricky for parents not knowing, okay, when, when they're very small, they're totally dependent upon you. And, and the whole process is, is them becoming independent from you. Um, Talk about that well, a
3: little. Dave bit. and Dave and Renee were so different. Dave was so strong willed, and I mean, we just it just like we were always disciplined or spanking him growing up as a young child. Renee, Sammy could just look at Renee and she'd just start crying. You know, not that he looked at her bad, but just <laughs> he just you know, and I mean, that's, her that's heart debatable. was so tender. No,
0: <laughs>
3: but so it, so we had to learn as parents, young parents, saying, okay, now discipline Renee and Dave are different, and how do I? I think in our, when we were young parents, there was a saying about you want to, you don't want to break the spirit. Uh. You know, there needs the will, his will to defy and being rebagan has to be broken through the discipline, through the, the restrictions. But his spirit, his inner man, his, his Mm -hmm. person, we need to learn how to develop that and nurture that without breaking it. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult sometimes because there'd be times I would, Man, you know, I would never do this, but I want to hang up by their toes, you know, and say, hey. And, uh,
2: well, and that, you know, the Proverbs is so clear that uh, the need for the rod of discipline mm-hmm, in the life mm-hmm. of a child, spare the rod, spoil the child, that if you want to take foolishness out of the heart of a child, then the rod has to be applied. But there are some kids that you spank them. And just spank mm-hmm. them until you know until they you wouldn't want to do it, but until they and it bruise and it does not do anything. That that's the that's the least effective kind of disciplinary punishment. In some cases, to 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 physically But then but you you tell them they can't go be with their friends, or you tell them you know yes. you're not leaving this house until that room passes inspection. You know some of those kinds of things. And it's a science. I'm telling you, Sammy, this, this thing of raising kids is a science. And you, and, and for us to think that we're supposed to do it exactly the way in all aspects as we were raised, Mm -hmm. as if, as if the, the, the forces that shaped us were all proper, all correct, is just that, that's a, that's a fallacy. And yet we can fall into it, you know, and we can try to transmit our personality and how we respond to things. Onto our kids, and they may not be anything at all like like we are. You and and I, you know, David,
0: this is something I think important spiritually for us to understand because I think probably the greatest feeling I had as a parent was inadequacy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the truth is, I was inadequate. <laughs> the truth is, I did not do it all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I tried and I, I wanted to, but man, there were times when you know. I spoke out of anger and you know, and I didn't do it the way I should have done it. And, and, uh, but I think that's where prayer and the grace of God and realizing God, we need you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's where grace comes into the, the whole experience of grace in the family life. We're all have the fallen nature, uh, parents, children, and, and you're, and you're trying to deal with that. The parents have responsibility and, and, uh, and I, and I think it's, Helpful when we understand, hey, none of us are perfect parents. Mm-hmm. You know, let's give ourselves a break. Don't give ourselves an excuse, mm-hmm. but let's give ourselves a break that we we're we're all going to fail and in in this whole matter of parenting because it it can be really daunting. I I remember, out praying with the, you know when Dave was just little and saying, God, you know, I don't know how to do this, mm-hmm. and I remember Him speaking to my heart saying, uh, you know, look to me, and you know, you said something about the discipline. One of the things the Lord showed us, I think, in relationship to that was that all discipline had to be administered in love. And, uh, because God disciplines those whom he loves. So if, if we're to be like the father, our discipline ought not to be out of anger, but out of love. And one of the things that we did just set up as a principle was that whenever we disciplined our kids, whatever form it took, that we prayed with them and, and, you know, and that did a couple things would you know we let them see that the infraction was against God ultimately, but secondly it kept us in check mm-hmm. uh that we weren 't uh you know just in anger doing so because you get frustrated
3: well and there's times too that we 've had to go to, and i 'm sure you all have too that Maybe not, but we've had to go to them and say, you know, I was wrong in the way I spoke to you. Yeah. I was wrong in the way I disciplined, or I misunderstood you. And I had to say, I was wrong. Would you forgive me? Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, you see on their faces, yeah. even even older, and you, know, you see on their faces like, and then they reciprocate that too whenever yeah. they're wrong and they've done things that have been not right. They'll come I, back. I, and I, I
2: think that is just so important. And for uh-huh. for parents... To realize that you're not going to lose your place of authority by when you're wrong saying, I was wrong, will you forgive me? That, that, that increases your level of influence, I, I think, within them. But, but there has been kind of a generation of parents raised up that, boy, you don't let them see any weakness. You don't let them yeah. see any equivocation at that, at that point of this, you know, this is right. That, but that's, that's not, that's not revealing the heart of God. That's not a true statement of the humanity that they've inherited from us. I told our folks the other day, you know, hard heads give birth to hard heads. You know? I mean, to, for us to, that, that our children really are, they're not only going to inherit some of our physical characteristics, but they're going to inherit some of the fallenness of us too. And, and we can get so frustrated watching here in America, watching um Mothers relive their lives by forcing their daughters into beauty pageants, mm-hmm. and you know, or or dads screaming and hollering on the sidelines, you know, that over on a little little football team or baseball team, and and the dad is trying to relive his childhood through that. The same thing I I, I see so often that it just it just it just blows me away spiritually parents trying to relive their lives through their kids and and forcing on them standards and expectations that that the parents themselves didn't have a clue as to how to how to follow through on but but I'm so not wanting god to be Disappointed, I'm disappointed in me. I don't want to blow it. I want to be pleasing Him. So I'm going to force my kids to be spiritual and force them. And I tell you, it what what happens to those kids as they get older? They just hate everything. It, it, it causes there to be a, a, a resentment toward the Lord, a resentment toward church, a resentment toward because it was it it's a it's a religious spirit. It's a Pharisaical. I'm going to make the externals. And I guess the reason I can get kind of worked up about that is because I feel like there were ways in which my parents did not mean to do that. That was not their intention. But that was the effect in my life. I I perfected by the time I was ten years old how to be a how to be a hypocrite that could fool all ages. I mean I, I knew how to sing or say things or give testimonies or pray. But I, I learned, I learned real early how to live a double life mm-hmm. because I couldn't safely <clears throat> confide in my parents that I was struggling. So I, I was scared to tell them because that was they but, would jump. But on don't me. you think some of that would have
0: been natural? A fear, you know, <clears throat> children growing up, they have. I mean, they're, you're little and you're looking up to your parents. They're they're providing for you, and so you have this fear. And I think some of that would be would would be natural, wouldn't you? Even even if parents are very. Kind and loving and forgiving and I think, I think part of the
2: part, Sammy, that, that was, is that it was so, it was always so couched in, in scripture or in church behavior or religious that it wasn't, and I grew up in a pastor's home. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and a, and a very strong, you know, dad who, and, and, and that was, that was good. But I, but in the, in the process, I learned how to conform. To their expectation mm. i learned how to give meet the minimums but what i also learned was I, I learned how to live a live a double life
3: go out the back door and you how
2: don't... to live a double life and and they didn't have a clue mm. they didn't have a clue so somewhere in all of this in the attempt to shape and to encourage the authenticity and that thing where you said that if we're going to discipline it needs to be in love, and that means even when they're not going to give me the right answers, even when they're, they have, you know, they're going to not do it the way that, that I would want them to, somehow they know that my relationship with him or her is, is more permanent, is, is more enduring than whether or not they, they have performed properly right. in that particular setting. I don't know how you and your words are right it's a challenge it's a struggle. raising your kids is a science yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a, we it's a, one of the things we did was we
0: always after discipline would we we would hug them and tell them express them that we love them yeah um, let's flip it a little bit because hopefully uh in most homes. The the totality of their lives is not discipline. Yeah, <laughs> there are some positive, uh, proactive things that we can do as parents to uh, to to help our kids. What what are some of those things that uh, that you can do that are not the, the the disciplinarian things, the positive things that you can do to build relationships with your kids that will be lasting, Shirley?
1: I think part of that is is just that investment of time. And mm-hmm. uh, enough time that you understand where what makes a particular child what what engages them, and sometimes that you know some of our children want to be engaged with their their parents and then others they they aren't so much drawn to that place, and so having finding time and then discovering things that they enjoy doing and participating in those things mm-hmm. with them
3: mm-hmm. I think what you said at the beginning too the platform. Is our relationship with Jesus and, and as, because he created them like you created us and he knows them better than we do. And so he lives inside of them, hopefully, and he lives inside of us. And so his spirit can tell us how to minister to them. And, uh, and so from that platform, there's that communication with our kids and, uh, mm-hmm. and prayer. And, and one of the things we found is laughter. And mm-hmm. the proverb says a joyful heart is good medicine. And, mm-hmm. you know, having times where we just can laugh and cut up and be silly. And even now, I mean, you know, just things that they enjoy doing too, not just yeah. for us. But, you know, what do you enjoy doing? Yeah. You know,
0: and, and, you know, um, what you were talking, Shirley, about time, when you think about it, the most valuable thing that any of us have is time. Because, I mean, you can have a lot of money, and you've seen, we've seen it all. I mean, we've seen wealthy people, lots of money, lots of toys, lots of things, and they have terrible relationships with their kids. Um, you, you find, uh, poor people with not much and have poor relationships with the kids. So it's not a matter of, of, of money or wealth or things, but time, uh, time is probably the greatest expression of our love that we can give to our kids, you know, is, and even if it's not, if it's just going to a, a, a ball game or going to mm-hmm. something that they're involved in. And, and I can remember getting off planes, airplanes, cause mm-hmm. I travel so much, you know, uh, and, and, be a basketball game in my eyes it would be bloodshot and from traveling all night long and and I would go to that that ball game uh with Dave or Renee because I knew it was important to them um one of the things that just this past weekend we did was uh I I took one of my granddaughters out for breakfast and it, it you know just did nothing but be silly you know mm-hmm. at breakfast and poor people who were sitting all around us you know <laughs> With this old man and his granddaughter, you know, uh, acting crazy and uh, everything. But, but uh, you know, and, and the Lord just touched my heart that, you know, I need to do that every week, once a week with one of my grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, just start investing some time. And, and I need to do it intentionally. And I think that the thing is that that's an intentional mm-hmm. thing you have to do. You have to make a decision because time slips by. I mean, we're all busy. Everybody's busy. Everybody's mm-hmm. tied up in things and got things going. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very intentional about that. Mm-hmm.
1: You I, know. I would say a warning for parents who have children with between the ages of like 5 and uh, 12 or 13, it's so easy, especially if you have several children, to get to get them involved in activities, which is important for them to be mm-hmm. on a soccer team or a basketball team or whatever, but you can find yourself being in the car continuously going to practices and uh games, but really not having the interaction with your children that you need to and I just encourage you to pray about it. you know when you have three children and they have three commitments you're you you lose your family sense of family because you're just always going from one thing to another, but to really reassess it at, at this start of every season is this something we're supposed to be involved in at this point because it's very easy to wake up, and all of a sudden you have teenagers, and you have been totally involved in their activities, but you've not been in the process of building relationship. You've been doing carpool, and get them here, and do they have clean uniforms? And, and so it's important for them to be in, in sports, but I also think I would say to guard your time, and to prayerfully consider the commitments that you make as an individual as a mother and then for your children's mm-hmm. schedule looking back on our children's those years in our children's lives that would be one thing that i would say that we did let activities get so busy that uh There were there were some years there where things got a little bit haywire Mm -hmm. in the bigger scheme of things. um, None of my children are going to be professional athletes, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you had looked at the way we lived our lives during that those years, we sacrificed a lot for the sake of sports. Uh, And maybe that wasn't the striking a a balance. It's right because Mm -hmm. the
2: sports do. Do help to develop leadership and discipline and you know that that kind of thing, but one of the things too that I think we have tried to do and and i've you know as the as the dad of pushing this i i would I'd kind of be ended up being the heavy on a lot of stuff, but I really believed that if we could that we needed to strategically plan times where we were away yeah. as a family. Out of the San Antonio routine, out of the where the phone the phone can ring and they're getting together with all their friends, and we'd just be a family. And and in the ministry as we've been, if if Shirley and I stay here in this city, then we're gonna be getting phone calls and running to people at the grocery store and so forth. So we have you can't do it every week, but but you know, a time or two a year to just to just pack up and go. And we'd drive through the nights lots of time. That'd be some of the best Prayer time that I felt like I ever had with for my families. Mm-hmm. They'd be asleep in the back. Two o'clock in the morning, we're driving out across Kansas or or Nebraska, headed toward the mountains up in the northwest. And and uh, then we wake up. They wake up. We're there or, or closer to it, and be able to play. Just mm-hmm. just play as a family for uh, a week or two. You know, um,
0: when Dave was started going in his teenage years, we did. I think it was recommended by Doctor Dobson to take a retreat. And I I took a retreat with Dave. And then also, I was reminded of one by one of his friends not too long ago, that uh, there were several fathers that we got together. Mm -hmm. And we did a father son deal, Mm -hmm. where we all went out so that the guys would have their friends to do some things with. And and the fathers, we got together. And then we had time, uh, not just as a group, but also as just individually on that retreat. Matter of fact, we went to a uh, a retreat center near near San Antonio, mm-hmm. and that 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 was, I, I think, really helpful. And I think those kind of times need to be planned, and they're mm-hmm. special. and And uh, I was reminded by one of Dave's friends about that particular yeah. retreat recently, mm-hmm. and and he talked about some things that were very meaningful that I had forgotten about yeah. altogether. You know, that had taken yeah. place at that retreat that meant so much to him, mm-hmm. and um and and so I I think those
2: things. Endear us to to our children. I, I would say this to Sammy that that I believe that whether it's with a father and a son, where there naturally can be mm-hmm. some points of you, you're going to you're going to knock heads a little bit as they grow into manhood, they're you, you, they're going to be challenging some authority. Same thing with mothers and daughters that where you know you're going to have to wear that parent hat and and give some no's and some directives. Where there can also be in that relationship some. Some category within the relationship where you're just playing together, mm-hmm. yeah. where your colleagues, where they mm-hmm. can't come up with a wrong answer, they can't yeah. do anything wrong, basically, and you're just it's, that. That's the out-of-door stuff that that Evan and I yeah. will will do when we're we'll go hunting or fishing. Or, you know, it's I'm able to say where you want to go, where you want to hunt. What do you think about this? And whatever he says can be a right answer. I'm not having to sit on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I, we both look, (laughs) we both look forward to those times and we don't look forward so much to, to a, you know, a semester of school where I've got to be saying, have you gotten your homework done? Have you finished that paper? Mm -hmm. You know, you've gotten back with that teacher. I'm ready for those days to be over with and, and hopefully the rest of our lives together will be those parts where we're colleagues, you know, we're, we're friends. You know, we're, our
0: time is winding down, but I want to ask some, because we were talking about this right before, and I think it would be good for us to just mention this and this, and that is the blessing, uh, on, on our children. I was uh, sharing with you that I was with Dr. Lutzer, Erwin Lutzer, who's pastor of Moody Church, the fame church, uh, where D.L. Moody was in Chicago, and, um, he, he was telling me that his father is 104 years old, his mother and father have been married 75 years, just mm-hmm. celebrated their 75th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but, but anyway, he, he was saying, and of course they, they're, they came from Germany or actually Ukraine, I think they were German descent and, and immigrated to Canada. And Dr. Lutzer was from Canada and uh, lives in Chicago now, but he said that on his dad's hundredth anniversary, hundredth uh, birthday, he went to his dad. His dad was sitting on the couch and he knelt in front of him and he said, Dad, in the Old Testament, uh, fathers bless their sons. Would you bless me? Mm-hmm. And his dad laid hands on him and prayed mm-hmm. for him and he said, it was such an incredible experience mm-hmm. for him. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. talk to me about that. You told me that you've encouraged men at yeah. the church, uh, to, to do something like that with their sons. And th- these are pro- yeah. I guess primarily grown men that we yeah. talk about.
2: Well, and the and the the two aspects of the Old Testament blessing was that it would be a, be a word spoken and a physical touch. There would be a physical expression, and then I think the third part usually there would be a gift given, some some token of that of that event. And I would ask our men, Sammy, how many of you have ever felt that you received a blessing from your dad? I'd say, how many of you ever heard your dad say to you, "I love you." Now, whatever America may have going that's right for it, there are some places where we're missing it very, very badly. And one of those places can be that, that children do not hear enough from their earthly father. I love you. I'm proud of you. You do measure up, in my opinion. You know, I'm not setting this bar so high you can't ever get over it. I love you. I'm proud of you. Most of our men had never, had never heard that from their, from their fathers. These were Christian men and, and and some having Christian fathers, some having non-Christian fathers. So the encouragement was to seek that blessing from your father. And mm-hmm. if you have sons and children, as a father, lay your hands on Speak the word. Don't just assume they know it by the fact that you've given them a roof over their head and you're buying shoes for their feet and trying to feed them. Speak it and touch them and let there be an expression.
0: What, what about mothers, daughters or fathers, daughters? What it, I mean
2: you know we we have as the, as our kids were growing up we would have a kind of a family huddle and we'd take that um uh that that bless Aaron's blessing on the to the lord bless you and keep you cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and we would you know, I would be trying to do this, but then the kids started oh, putting their little, little, pudgy hands, putting their hand back on my hand, <laughs> head, and then on, then on Shirley, and so we'd look like a family of octopuses, octopi, <laughs> right there, as, as we would huddle, and, and we would repeat that to, to each other. And still we'll do that at strategic times, start of a school year, or when they're, we're gonna be separated for a while. Hmm. So, uh, that's, that's precious. Um,
0: not giving a curse for a curse, most parents, Families, uh, parents mm-hmm. and children end up fighting, arguing, and, uh, and, but giving a blessing a instead. And, uh, and that's what God wants mm-hmm. with us. Well, great. I, children are a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, our children are such a blessing to us. And, you know, they're, when they get grown, get out on their own and to see them, uh, develop their own, they don't, like you say, Shirley, they don't just do your thing, but they do their thing. But to see them do it for the Lord, and it, it, there 's no greater blessing mm-hmm. so uh, let 's just pray and let 's pray for all the children of every person mm-hmm. who's listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. Father, we just come to you, and we thank you for uh, we thank you for our children, and Lord, we pray that you would protect them, you would be with them, and Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your holy Spirit would just uh, would just do a mighty work in our children, and not just ours, but all the children represented yes. of anyone viewing uh, this broadcast. I pray you bless them, Father. Mm-hmm. I pray that blessing would be upon their lives. I pray that, Lord, they would know you and follow you and love you and find the, the, the goodness and the abundance of life that's in Jesus. And I thank you that you're going to do that. We love you, we bless you, and we mm-hmm. praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. God bless you. And we look forward to next week sharing with you some more about some of these wonderful things we've been talking about today.
2: We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit samytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals,
0: and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.